This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk with Reverend Jennifer Hadley a beloved teacher of the Course who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hi there. So good to be with you. Whether you're listening live or on download, we are transcending time and space and being together in this way, which it's beautiful, it's lovely, it's healing, it's powerful, and not just for our own lives, but as we are lifted, we truly do support the healing of all humanity, because we're all one. So, let us take advantage of this and begin with a prayer and a blessing So I like to start with that deep breath of gratitude and love centering into the heart and awareness of the heart. I place my hand on my heart and I truly, I stop everything else, no multitasking during the prayer, being fully present with the love of God and that divine connection that lives in the heart. As we breathe in love and exhale gratitude, we're consciously intending for the the next hour to be focused on our healing and our expansion and this divine connection. We're being the two or more who are gathered in the name and the nature of the presence of God, pure love. This is our true identity and we're Opening our hearts and minds, uniting our hearts and minds, being congruent with love itself, invoking divine grace into the front of our awareness and recognizing that we live by grace. And that the kingdom has already been pre-installed. And so we seek that kingdom within knowing that all else is being added unto us. So grateful to share the benefits with everyone and to affirm the oneness of all life. In grace and gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Mm. How wonderful. So, This week, following our last week show, where uh, I was speaking about playing small, and uh, right now I'm in the midst of teaching a three-part class on the phone, on the internet, uh, that's still open to enrollment, that is called Stop 
playing small. And you can learn about it at jenniferhadley.com. Stop playing small is the name of the class. And one of the things that I have found over the years that is most painful for spiritual seekers is they know better, but they don't do better. They are more invested in acquiring more information than they are in living it. Hence, the reason for this radio show is that we can gather together and make that commitment to live the teaching and walk the talk. So, in our Stop Playing Small class this week, one of the things that came up is one of the most painful ways that we play small is in our relationships. And this I have seen in myself, and I've seen it in other people, and it is extremely painful. So, to clarify what we're talking about here, think of this. Have you ever had a relationship where you deeply, dearly love the person? Perhaps it's your child, or your parent, or your spouse, or your friend, your grandchild, someone in your life that you Dearly treasure and love. That relationship is a primary relationship for you. And yet, on a regular basis, you harbor attack thoughts about them. You harbor thoughts of limitation about them. And you absolutely think that you're right. You absolutely know that you are right and they are wrong, they are limited, they are stupid, they're acting like idiots, they're ruining their lives. And you have a a mental habit, a pattern of thinking these thoughts again and again about the ones you love. So in your mind, you're literally tearing them down and attacking them, thinking that they are living a limited life, that they are not fully capable, and that they are heading for tragedy. I might be extreme, but some people are actually doing that. Some people, it's less so. It's just a constant stream of thinking that they're not tuned in, they're not tapped in, that they're wrong in some way, they're limited in some way. Well, It's so important for us to wake up and realize that affects them. That affects the quality of their life in every moment. How could it not if all minds are joined together and all thought produces form at some level? Very important for us to realize that there are no idle thoughts. And we have to take responsibility for cleaning up our act. So this is what it really means to hold the high watch for someone. It's that we don't entertain these limiting thoughts, these thoughts of lack and attack. Now, one of the things that happens is when we hold these thoughts of lack and attack about people, we start to gather the evidence to support it. Part of the reason we do that is because it's not true. We're we're entertaining and believing thoughts that aren't true. It's just our perception. It's just our projection. And so it takes a lot of evidence to keep those deceptions going. So, for instance, you might 
think that your spouse or your child or your friend, your loved one, is making a big mistake in their career or their relationship. And when you think about them, when you're with them, when you talk to them, you gather the evidence to support just how wrong they are, just how out of alignment they are. And you keep projecting that onto them over and over and over again. Now, they're feeling that. They feel absolutely to their core that you have no confidence in them. And so what's happening then is they, on a very deep level, know that the people who supposedly love them the most are actively working against them in their own mind. And this makes it harder for them to swim upstream against your negative thoughts and attacks. It's not very loving. This is the cost of wanting to be the God of our world and to be right. Is it completely diminishes our ability to have powerful, intimate, loving, restorative, healing, nourishing, supportive relationships. This is what special relationship is all about. So one of the ways that we play small is we demean our relationships and make them special. We make them all special. Even though we profess to love these people unconditionally. And so our mind is split. If we don't work where our mind is split the most, we're missing the opportunity for the most extraordinary healing. So here's, in a sense, another thought for you. You know how sometimes people say, if I'm going to play tennis, I want to play with somebody who is a better player than I am. Because they're going to demand from me. They're going to call out of me my best game. So I want to play with somebody who's going to raise the bar. Love is always raising the bar. <laughs> Love is always raising the bar. And the ego mind will always resist. Will always prefer to be right than be loving. So in this pattern of playing small, we are affirming the specialness of our relationships and the rightness of our opinions over and over and over again. So the invitation for you right now is to consider what relationship in your life is a primary relationship where you recognize this is how you're acting. You're saying that you really love this person. You're saying that you really support them wholeheartedly. But you know, and they know it too, that you are consistently judging them and thinking that they are not capable or making a mistake. I, uh, The regular listeners to this show know that I offer a year-long class. It's a, it's a class about opening to your mystical connection and clearing out these patterns of negativity that sometimes can be wound so tightly in, in and through our awareness. It's about opening the heart to a true 
experience of love and compassion as our very life. And it's the class is called Masterful Living, and uh, Masterful Living 2012 is just getting underway. And so we are talking about these things in class. And uh, back in 2009, there was someone in the class who uh, decided that for her husband's birthday, the gift she was going to give him was she was going to commit to a year of not judging him. And a few months into that gift, that offering that she was making to her husband and to herself, to all of life, she said it was the most challenging thing she had ever decided to do, was not to judge the one she was closest to, the one she loved the most, not to judge him at all. And of course, like that, playing tennis with someone who's so much better than you, it completely transformed her ability to be focused in her loving heart. So naturally, it transformed every relationship in her life, including her relationship with herself. So as we're just a few weeks away from Valentine's Day, we're coming to, uh, we're here at the end of January and moving into the Valentine's Day season. This is the invitation that I'm offering you to consider, would you be willing to release the thoughts of attack and lack, the judgments you project onto the person that you love most? So powerful. Remember, all thought produces form at some level, so your thoughts of lack and attack are affecting your relationship. One of the things I see with so many spiritual seekers is they don't want to know how powerful their thoughts are, so they they don't really go for it. They're more flash and show sometimes than they are deep practice. The person who's in a really deep spiritual practice, who is really going for that heart of gold, that kingdom within... They don't need to talk about it all the time. They don't talk about their practice all the time. They don't have to uh, let everybody know what they're doing and how incredibly spiritual they are. They have true humility rather than hubris. Now, I'm going to invite you to go to, and I love this section in uh, Course in Miracles. It's in Chapter 23. Section 4, Above the Battleground. For me, it's my page 497. So we're into the section here. And it's paragraph 4, where it says, The lovely light of your relationship is like the love of God. The lovely light of your relationship is like the love of God. It cannot yet assume the holy function God gave his son, for your forgiveness of your brother is not complete as yet, and so it cannot be extended to all creation. Now, one of the things that is essential to A Course in Miracles is it talks about our opportunity, our responsibility to extend love to all creation. So as we can hold it for ourselves, 
if we can hold it for one being, we can extend it to all creation. This is why in the prayers that I offer uh, with my daily power prayer, which you can find out about at jenniferhadley.com, uh, and uh, the prayer at the beginning and the end of our time together here at Unity Radio, I offer that prayer and I always close with that extension, sharing the benefits with all beings because we're one with them. When we're focused in love, we can bring the light into everything. It says here in chapter 4, each, I mean paragraph 4 of section 4, chapter 23, page 497 in my copy, Each form of murder and attack that still attracts you and that you do not recognize for what it is limits the healing and the miracles you have the power to extend to all. So this is such an important awareness for us to have. We cannot truly bring the benefit that we are born to bring and raise all our brothers and sisters up if we are not willing to release cherishing every form of attack that attracts us. So we've really got to go for the gold here. We've got to be willing to purify. It is not easy. So we must start with an aspiration. We start with an aspiration. And we remind it of our, we remind ourselves of our aspiration to be pure in our heart, to seek the kingdom first, day in and day out. We must keep fresh before us that high intention. Because it's so easy to forget it. One of the techniques that I recommend to people is to have a clear aspiration that you're holding for your life and that this is the primary trajectory for your life. Write it on a hundred three by five cards. Stick them everywhere. In books, in drawers, in your glove compartment, in your wallet. So that it's always reminding you. We're going to talk more about this. When we come back, it's time for our break. And I'm Jennifer Hadley. You are listening to Living a Course of Miracles, Walking the Talk on Unity Online Radio. I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk. Here is your host, Reverend Jennifer Hadley. Ah, thank you again for listening in. And I, I would like to just make a mention before we get back into the text here that uh, if you're downloading this show from iTunes, which many people are, if you would take a moment to write a review, that really helps more people find the show. More pe- The more people that write the reviews, the... Uh, more iTunes recognizes the show as being valuable to people. So please write a review that will help other people discern whether or not this show could be valuable to them. 
and I appreciate you taking the time to do that. So we're here on page 497 in the text. Each form of murder and attack that still attracts you and that you do not recognize for what it is limits the healing and the miracles you have the power to extend to all. Yet, does the Holy Spirit understand how to increase your little gifts and make them mighty? So the Holy Spirit is still working the higher Holy Spirit self, the Infinite intelligence is still working with every little bit that you can come up with that's loving and compassionate and kind and generous and harmonious. Also, he understands how your relationship is raised above the battleground. In it, no more. This is your part to realize that murder in any form is not your will. The overlooking of the battleground is now your purpose. So one of the things that I love so much about A Course in Miracles is, because it's a holographic teaching, if we understand any part of it, we can truly comprehend the whole of it. So if we can understand that a single thought of attack that we cherish and think is true is all the impediment that our mind needs in order to feel separate. Because sometimes what we do as spiritual seekers is we say, okay, I'm going to work on these thoughts of attack because I know they just upset me and they're ruining my life and they're creating all this sense of lack and destruction and disharmony and disease and depression, etc. But these thoughts of attack, I really valued them. So to them, I'm going to make a little shrine and I'm going to pay homage to them every day. And I'm going to cart them out every day and shine them up and affirm them. Because these ones really have value to me. But these, I'm going to work on these. Uh, these other thoughts that eh, I don't value them so much, I can give them up. So then what happens is if we're working in that kind of a space, then we're totally conflicted. We actually don't understand the power of love. We don't understand the power of the mind. We don't understand what true freedom is. We don't understand what true prosperity is or true abundance is. We don't understand what true love is. We don't understand what divine grace is. We don't understand anything. Because we're still cherishing these thoughts of lack and attack. So what we're doing in, in truly living A Course in Miracles, walking the talk, is we're becoming wholeheartedly committed. Wholeheartedly committed. We have to understand that one thought of attack is going to keep us out of the game. Now, now, I am not aware of having had a day without one thought of attack. I'm happy to, I'm not happy, but I'm, I'm willing to admit that. I'm not pretending to be more awakened, more loving than I am. 
the thing that I work with every day is if I notice my mind has drifted into a thought of attack, which I do every day, I stop and I pay attention and I say, okay, this thought still has value for me and I am not interested in valuing this thought anymore. And so I'm going to pay attention to it. I'm going to pay attention to it. I'm going to see what is it about this thought that's so attractive to me that I still am finding value in it. What is its use, this thought? What is its use? What does it do for me? What do I perceive that it does for me? I need to know the answer to this. I need to do my homework. Now, the temptation sometimes is to just push it under the rug or pray it away. But if the thought of lack and attack keeps recurring, there's something that we really cherish and value about it, and it is our opportunity to healing that we're pushing away, that we're trying to pray away. Sometimes, sometimes when we're feeling upset, we will call a friend, a like-minded friend, a sympathetic friend who is going to agree with us. And in that feeling of agreement, we're going to think that we feel better. So in other words, if I'm thinking the thought of attack, my boss is such an idiot, my boss doesn't see my value, my boss is on my case again, my boss won't give me any space, my boss doesn't appreciate me, whatever it is, my boss is such a jerk, I hate my boss, I hate my job. We call our friend to complain, to commiserate, to be together in the misery And we're looking for the sympathy from our friend. Oh, you poor, pathetic person. You have to go through that. I feel so sorry for you that you are suffering so much. If that's what we're looking for, what we're doing is we're affirming and cherishing that special relationship. Because that, that, that kind of a relationship, it's about being in the pity party together. If we... Really reach out to someone and say, help me affirm my limitation and my lack. Help me by joining in the attack. We are saying that kingdom within, that pure, perfect love that we are, that is our true identity and our divine destiny has absolutely no value. None whatsoever. None. We can't value the kingdom and energize the thoughts of lack and attack at the same time. It is not possible. We have to decide which we're going to cherish. This is such demanding work. And very, very often, we will say, it's so hard, it's too hard, I can't do it, I can't do it. 
it is very challenging. And in this world, we can give our self permission to give up, to give up, to not bother. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's just, come on, he is a jerk. I'm just expressing my feelings. I'm just sharing my truth. We make all kinds of excuses for not being loving, for not valuing the divine connection. And it makes this tremendous sense of depression and despair. I really do think that that's part of how we became a Prozac nation. We didn't want to feel how we felt. Because in our feelings, there's a responsibility. If we're feeling upset, then it's because we're thinking thoughts of lack and attack. If we don't want to feel the upset, it means we don't want to take responsibility for the lack and attack. We want to be able to have the lack and attack and not feel the fear, the upset. So we find ways to numb ourselves out, to dull our awareness. And this is the source of the suffering that we experience and why it feels so hard. So the invitation I'm giving to you to rise above this special relationship, to rise above the battleground, as the next time you feel it's so hard to give up your thoughts of lack and attack, and where you really are noticing you prefer to attack your loved one rather than hold the high watch, when that is how you are feeling in that moment, that you do not let that moment pass you by. You say, ah, this is my divine opportunity to transform my life. Here is where I cultivate my willingness. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where I can transform my thinking. I am in a partnership with the Holy Spirit. I do not have to do this by myself. I work in a partnership with heaven, with all of life. All my brothers and sisters... And I share the benefit with them. This is what I'm intent on. I'm more intent on extending the love to all of my brothers and sisters, to all of humanity, to all of creation, than I am in having one more thought of attack. It's developing this level of discipline to really walk the talk. It's very challenging and it is so liberating. It is so liberating. It says here, paragraph 5, Be lifted up, and from a higher place, look down upon it. From there will your perspective be quite different. So you have to be willing to lift your sight above the battleground. You have to be willing to recognize that the thoughts of lack and attack, they tether you to the world of effects. They are like a weight, like a lead weight. 
lowering your vibration, keeping you stuck in a sense of density of how hard it is. When you're working in density all the time, trying to move things around in form, you've completely forgotten that you can work in the invisible. And that the invisible field of true reality works instantaneously. That the one mind is miraculous, always bringing forth miracles. And that this is our our divine destiny, this is our birthright, this is our inheritance. Paragraph 6, it says, When the temptation to attack rises to make your mind darkened and murderous, remember you can see the battle from above. Even in forms you do not recognize, the signs you know. There is a stab of pain, a twinge of guilt, and above all, a loss of peace. This you know well. So when you're feeling upset... You're on the battleground. You have to be willing to raise yourself up, to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. And one of the things I say all the time is give the heavy lifting to the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean you won't have to do your work. It doesn't mean you still don't have to choose every thought that you think. But the heavy lifting of... Healing in all directions of time and space. Saving time. That Holy Spirit can do. The heavy lifting of figuring out, how did I get here? Why is this happening to me? You don't have to figure that out. But you do have to be willing to look at it, to recognize it, to discover it. So... Be in that partnership. It is such a blessing. And it benefits all beings. When you feel disturbed, you have fallen into lack and attack. Be grateful that you can feel your feelings. Be grateful your feelings are a divine alarm going off, letting you know, danger, danger, wake up, wake up, wake up. You're choosing thoughts of lack and attack. You can change your mind. Partner up. It says here, when you feel those feelings, when your your peace is gone, leave not your place on high, but quickly choose a miracle instead of murder. And God himself and all the lights of heaven will gently lean to you and hold you up. For you have chosen to remain where he would have you, and no illusion can attack the peace of God together with his Son. So powerful to remember that the sense of separation we feel, the sense of it's so hard, I can't do it. I don't know how, that sense of confusion and despair is the result of choosing to be separate. We must affirm that we no longer value separation. So how can you affirm that you no longer value separation while you're still thinking thoughts of attack about the ones you love most in the world? 
got to turn those over. You've got to take no prisoners on that one. You can't cherish one thought of lack and attack. See, now here's the thing is that what I notice among so many spiritual seekers, especially folks who've come to me for counseling and people I've been in class with over the years, is they do feel this tremendous guilt of they know better, but they don't bother to do better because they think that they're right to attack. Hmm. So challenging. It is so challenging. This is why we have to do everything we can to keep our mind clear. So one of the things, ways in which we play small is we do not cherish clarity of mind. I'm going to be talking about that some more when we come back. It's time for a break. I'd like to remind you, I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to Living A Course of Miracles, Walking the Talk on Unity Online Radio. Today I stand firmly in my faith. I meet life courageously and confidently, seeing beyond appearances to underlying good. Through faith I overcome every limitation. I know that God's power within me is greater than any situation I may have to meet or overcome. God is greater than any condition or circumstance. Through faith I am fearless and free. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word, inspiration, and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or a friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk with Reverend Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day, in every way. Now, back to Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk. So I'll also remind you that at jenniferhadley.com, I have lots of free stuff, free audio, all kinds of free stuff. So I invite you to go to jenniferhadley.com and hunt around there and grab your free downloads and things like that. 
And you can also get on my email list and then you'll find out what I'm doing, where I'm going and get some inspiration and things to support you in being in this conversation and remembering that when you're feeling upset, it's time to say, oh, I have fallen into lack and attack and I can partner up. So we're still in uh, chapter 23 here in the last section, and it's page 498. I want to point out in paragraph 8 here, listen to this. Think what is given those who share their father's purpose and who know that it is theirs. They want for nothing. So what it's telling us here is, If you're willing to share the divine purpose for your life, for all life, and know what is yours, you'll want for nothing. That is the same thing as saying, seek first the kingdom, which is within, and all else will be added unto you. So think of this. Are there ways that you are looking outside of yourself? And you're trying to get stuff. You're working in density. And you're pushing density. You're making phone calls. You're sending emails. You're driving all over town. You're looking for a job. You're looking to get some money. You're looking to increase your business. And you're doing all that work in the visible world, in form, pushing density. When you could be seeking the kingdom first. Working in the invisible first. And then being divinely guided and inspired to exactly who to call, who to email, who to visit, rather than trying to figure it out all by yourself. You have options. You can work in the invisible, follow divine guidance, or you can just be separate and make it up on your own and labor in vain. You get to choose. It also says that when we seek the first, seek the kingdom within, sorrow of any kind is inconceivable. When we know our true identity, sorrow of any kind is inconceivable. Only the light they love is in awareness. We can reach that place. And only love shines upon them forever. Wouldn't you rather have that than a single thought of attack? It is their past, their present, and their future. Always the same, eternally complete and wholly shared. All else is added unto you. They know it is impossible. They know it is impossible their happiness could ever suffer change of any kind. So you move into that place of eternal infinite, unconditional, unchanging reality with a capital R. That is our divine destiny. Would we rather have one thought of separation than all of the kingdom? Oh my goodness, could it be any more plain? Perhaps you think the battleground can offer something you can win. Aha, perhaps you're convinced that the battleground... The thoughts of lack and attack can offer something you can win, something you value. 
Can it be anything that offers you a perfect calmness and a sense of love so deep and so quiet that no touch of doubt can ever mar your certainty and that it'll last forever for all eternity? Is there one thing the battleground could offer that could compare with that? See, now, most spiritual seekers, they know this. They know this because it's encoded into the kingdom, into their true awareness. And they literally are cherishing their thoughts of attack more than they value the kingdom. It is a daily practice. We must walk the talk. If we don't walk the talk, then we will harbor the idea that we're spiritual losers, that there's something wrong with us. I can tell you there are many ministers, many spiritual practitioners who secretly think that they don't know. They understand all of this intellectually, but they are not willing to live it. And so they can't figure out why their prayers don't seem to get answered, why they feel a a despair and a disconnection, why they're drawn to forms of self-sabotage and self-medication, and they're experiencing this tremendous sense of lack. And you know what? There are a lot of prosperity teachers who are experiencing a sense of lack, And they don't know what it's about. They haven't got a clue. They're teaching something that they're not living. They don't understand it. That's why they don't live it. It is a holographic teaching. And this is our inheritance. We must value our inheritance. So this is why a couple of weeks ago in our show our radio show here, I was talking about how important it is to really look at, are you studying the book more than you're living it? Are you more focused on learning it so that you can talk about it with people than you are in living it? If it's a holographic teaching, and I do believe that it is, then just endeavor to understand one thing. And that's why I go back to certain sections that for me have been so life-changing and so valuable. The fear and conflict section in chapter 2, the cause and effect section in chapter 2, the uh, characteristics of God's teachers in the teacher's manual. Because some of the statements in there are just so clear. They totally woke me up. And I could sit with that one thought for weeks, for days, for months. And get more and more clarity just with the one thought. There are no idle thoughts. All thoughts produces form at some level. an amazing opportunity for us we're not victims 
we get to choose what we cherish. No matter what has been done to us, no matter how intense the circumstances of our life are, love is the healer. And we can always choose love. As it says at the bottom of page 498, paragraph 9 here, No one who knows that he has everything could seek for limitation, nor could he value the body's offerings. The senselessness of conquest is quite apparent from the quiet sphere above the battleground. What can conflict with everything? And what is there that offers less, yet could be wanted more? Who, with the love of God upholding him, could find the choice of miracles or murder hard to make? No one who knows that he has everything could seek for limitation. So if you know that the kingdom is pre-installed, if you're willing to know that, if you're willing to accept that, if you're willing to accept your inheritance, everything else will be added unto you. And you will value what is truly valuable. So powerful. It's so beautiful. There have been many, many times when this thought and this awareness just made me cry and cry and cry and cry. So grateful that all was not lost. That I had been lost, but now I was being found. I was finding myself in recognizing the unity of all life. So amazing and beautiful. Our healing is within our grasp. It doesn't have anything to do with the circumstances of our life. We can take dominion over our mind. We can walk the talk. Which is why it's so important to gather together and be the two or more who are gathered with this high holy intention that is not above our ability to attain. We have profound support from the invisible. Isn't that what this says to us? That all of heaven is here to support us. God himself and all the lights of heaven will gently lean to you and hold you up. Is that not clear? When we choose love, we are one with the majority. Because love is all that there is. This is our holy opportunity. So if you'd like more support with this... Join us in the Stop Playing Small class. Three weeks. You get the downloads. You get the transcripts. You get the audios. Each and every week you can study them. You can print them out. You can listen to them again and again and again. And each week in class you can ask me questions. It's a wonderful opportunity right now. Here we are at the beginning of this amazing, expansive year. What a wonderful opportunity we have to turn things around, to stop seeking outside of ourselves, to look within. It's so beautiful. It's so magnificent. 
We've called it forth. This is our holy instant. So I'm inviting you to really look at what is that primary relationship where you have been cherishing and harboring thoughts of attack. What is it costing you? It's costing you peace of mind. It's costing you everything that you say you truly want. You are the one who decides whether or not you're going to keep cherishing those thoughts of attack. I invite you as a divine experiment to make a commitment that every time you notice yourself thinking those thoughts of attack, you're going to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self, call upon the legions of angels and all of heaven to support you in remembering to love. Rise above the battleground. If you'd like prayer support, remember you can be my prayer partner at jenniferhadley.com. I have a new prayer every day. You can either call by phone or listen online. And let us turn within for prayer right now. So I'm inviting you to once again place your hand on your heart and take a deep breath of love right here. And we're invoking that, that loved one that primary person into our mind here. And we're invoking divine grace. We're saying that we are one with each other and with all of life. And we are calling forth a blessing. Bless me, bless us, bless them, bless us all. Calling forth the love in our hearts to lead us and guide us in holy partnership with the Holy Spirit. In grace and gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone, and we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I love you. Thank you so much. God bless.